From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. The tweets are still rolling in. People taking pictures of their fireplace in their home. From Jupiter down through Kendall, Mm. we've received tweets. There are so many more fireplaces in homes than I even knew about. And I've lived in South Florida since 2007. I've never lived in a home with a chimney. I've never lived in a home with a fireplace. I know in Florida, in the state that exists, because it gets cold in North Florida. Of course there's homes with fireplaces. I didn't know in South Florida there were as many homes with fireplaces as there appear to be. That is wild. It's the aesthetic, man. Maybe it's not for practical purposes, just for the aesthetic. But then I get Kirk tweeting in, I grew up in South Miami. We had a working fireplace in our house, and we used it once every year. For when? For what? National Fireplace Day. I mean, my God, man. I mean, I mean, it. Creeps, I had no idea. It creeps into the low fifties, you know, and like but that's a, not a week. fireplace weather. I grew up in Chicago. I think that's fireplace as weather. As Floridians, we force it. We say, "Oh, this is definitely yeah, fireplace just, weather." I guess using your fireplace is the same as uh, the pumpkin spice crowd <laughs> who puts on their 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 <laughs> their fluffy boots every time the temperatures get into the sixties. That's good. Good call. I'm pretty sure a fireplace might be the home equivalent of a pumpkin spice girl who wears the fluffy boots when it gets into the sixties. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the back of your head. As a dad, you know, when you bought the home that it cost an extra, you know, however many thousand dollars and you're like, I got to use this thing. I got to at least turn it on. We got to make it make it worth its worth its buck. But you don't, uh, you Maybe don't that's pay for a fireplace. I don't think you pay extra for a fireplace. Well, then you just don't want the, it to sit there. Why not? I'll, I mean, I don't know. I just want to get some use out of it. I mean, what are you going to uh, do? You realize, though, you've got to get those things. The chimneys cleaned. Every year, because the residue from the fireplaces, if you have a fire in it, it builds up in the chimney, can light on fire, and it's one of the most common causes of house fires, mm. is not cleaning out your chimney. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just saying. You need a chimney sweeper. Yeah, you need a, you, you need a chimney sweeper. All right. <laughs> uh, I may I may just take a tour of all the South Florida <laughs> fireplaces, and if I decide to do that, you know what I'm going to take? Brightline, a mm. big yellow train, uh, West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and I can make it a nice, efficient day trip to check out some of the finest fireplaces in all of South Florida. On Brightline, I park my car at the West Palm Station, walk in. I get the premium seats. There's different seating you can purchase, all of it comfortable, all of it uh, making for a stress-free ride anywhere you need to be, keeping you out of traffic in South Florida. But I go with the premium seats with Brightline because I get into the station, there's a premium lounge, and I say, hmm, Pinot Noir me, please. And there it is, right in the cup for me. Get my free snack, get on the train, mm. same thing. Mm, Pinot Noir me, please. Mm. And that's how I ride. That's how I travel on the big yellow train. It is stress-free. It keeps you out of the gridlock. It is bright line. It's how all of you should get to your inner Miami match. It's how all of you should get to see the Miami Marlins. It's how all of you should go to see the Miami Heat is on Brightline. Use the train. Brightline. Get your passes. Go Brightline.com with the free Brightline app. That's go Brightline.com and the free Brightline app. You know what Brightline is something that doesn't get marketed enough. Educators half off on wine and beers at the bar, or I think cocktails 
at the bar here at West Palm Beach. Yeah? I found that out. Yeah. Educators half off. So uh, anybody with a teacher's ID, maybe somebody that used to be a substitute teacher um, who still has that teacher's ID, not pointing any fingers. Maybe somebody that's on this show oh, man. drinks half off at the bar. Wait, nice. you, have a, you have a teacher's ID? You were an educator? Yeah. I was an associate teacher. I still actually am um, employed under the HISD school system in Houston. <laughs> really? I actually got a call last week to sub in as a long-term sub for a fourth grade class. I had to tell that principal I am not available. Oh, man. Could you register to be a substitute teacher down here? I'd love <laughs> to do a segment where Theo recaps his day as a substitute oh, teacher. Well, he'll call in from the class. <laughs> we could do our show from the class. Oh, we'll do the show in the class. Yes. Oh, man, a live remote from Mishlansky's third grade class. The kids love me, too, man. I've never At really had Seashore a bad experience. Elementary. That would be amazing. Hey, not many people are tapped into that kind of stuff. I'm telling you. We're just scratching the surface. <laughs> we we are just scratching the surface. We are revolutionizing radio as we speak. All yeah. these ideas in our head. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is perfect. Outstanding. Um, I need to talk about Manti Teo. I have to talk about Manti Teo. Uh, we went back in time to uh, March of 2020 uh, mm. earlier in the show discussing Brady's free agency. What if he went to Vegas? But I need to bring us back to 2012, 2013 because I have watched the Manti Teo documentary on Netflix, Untold, the Manti Teo story. <laughs> the story, it's probably the most prominent catfishing of all time, right? 100%. It is, it is the most oh, yeah. famous uh, catfish that we've ever seen. And so Manti Teo, in this documentary, it, it lays out um, the, the story of Renaya Tuyasasopo, who is now, um, what's, uh, she has transitioned. Yes. What, is, what is her name now? Naya. Naya, Naya, Naya yeah. exactly. And so they actually sit down and talk with Naya Tuyasasopo. They get her side of the story. Um, she identified as as a he when all of this was happening, mm. but as she explains it, it's because she was unsure about her sexuality. She came from a very religious family, a Samoan family, and uh, couldn't tell anybody about how she was feeling, and she was able to get attention. It brought her great comfort to communicate with men online, have those relationships. It filled a void that she had that she couldn't address with her family. For the first time, we get her side of the story, the person who sucked Manti Teo into this massive humiliation. And also, a full-fledged, the first true full-fledged, full sit-down with Manti Teo, where he truly is able to tell the world what it was like, the circus that was Notre Dame's national championship runner-up season in 2012, into the firestorm fiasco that was the revelation that the girlfriend that died on the same day as his grandmother in the early portion of that 2012 season that really helped fuel his Heisman campaign Mm. and the the mythicism that is Notre Dame football and this heroic hulk of a man who has helped lead the Fighting Irish back to prominence, how it all came crumbling down when it was discovered via deadspin that the entire thing was a hoax. The girlfriend never actually existed. Mm, mm, there is mm. a lot to unpack from that entire thing. I will say this, and I don't want to come off as mean, okay, because what Manti Teo went through, 
is deplorable, the way the media treated him. I sat on this station and openly made fun of the guy, called him names. Oh, yeah. And I feel badly yeah. for it in retrospect. You're not alone. Okay? Though. I feel great guilt over it. But I do want to I do want to point this out. Manti Teo might be the most naive human being on the history of the planet. I mean, for him to get sucked into this, it's mm. one thing to to have an online relationship. Okay, a lot of us have been there. But to completely just stomp all over the red flags that popped up on what appear to be almost a daily basis <laughs> while he is talking with this woman that he thinks is real, yeah. who attends Stanford, and then he's bringing it into the public spectrum and talking about it and his love for her. I mean, it's crazy. I don't want to outright call him dumb, but I think the nice way to maybe say he's not completely all there is that he was really naive. Like that's My biggest takeaway is that it is tragic, the downfall of Manti Teo, and he didn't deserve the treatment he got. But good Lord, man, turn your brain on at some point. Yeah. My yeah. biggest takeaway from that documentary and from what we know now, even if you haven't seen the documentary, is, man, this dude is naive as hell. And that's the thing, too. Like, I always wonder, okay, who are the type of people that fall for these, like, even these scam calls, these random emails? Like, there was a guy actually earlier, literally, like, about an hour ago as I was uh, coming here, I stopped to get a, a snack. And when I parked my car, a guy pulls up next to me. Hey, man, you you interested in this uh, super-duper deal on a home theater? And I'm like, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, I'm, hey, I'm good. Hey, that, that brings me, because that happened to me last <laughs> week, too. All right, I've been down here since 2007, yeah. like I said earlier. The gas station, hey, I got a home theater system in the back. What, you want to buy is it? That? that is the most I used didn't, I didn't know about scam yes, this is the thing. in South Florida of all time. Why? Does, does it work on anybody? Does anybody ever buy the home audio system? Does anybody buy <laughs> the speaker system in the back of the car? Does that work on anybody I suppose maybe it does because people keep trying it. Yeah. But it's the most insane. <laughs> it is the most ridiculous, ridiculous scam man. you're going to find in South Florida. I'm like, well, what do you take me for? Also, it's kind of, to me, I'm like, this is condescending because you think that I would fall for this. You think I would pay you $500 hey, bro, cash. You've got a home theater system in the back. <laughs> I'll sell it to you. I'm like, so, yeah. So, again, I always wonder who are the fools that fall for this stuff. And watching Manti Teo as he tried to continuously excuse all of the red flags, even even today, him looking back on it and saying things and regurgitating things, it feels like he almost still believes some of these things to be true. Yeah. Like, didn't you get a feel for that? As he was talking about some of it, He was. it seemed like he was almost reliving it. Like, like he really felt these emotions. <laughs> yeah, at one, point, at one point he said, I, you know, the emotions are coming back to me right now. I'm feeling what I felt. Like, like dude, that. it was a fake. It was a fake. What are you talking about? Like, and I, I get it. It ruined a lot of his life. And maybe those are the emotions that he's going back through. It's like, man, I can't believe I fell for it. But, like, it still feels like he kind of wanted to believe that that stuff was true. And it, it just is a little it's a little disheartening for me. It's just, listen, I, I get how if you come from a sheltered environment, and it certainly seems like Manti Teo came from yeah. a sheltered environment, 
uh, religious Samoan Hawaiian family. Exactly. He went to Notre Dame because apparently his mentor, he was going to go to USC, and and he, he prayed to God. Give me a sign. Give me a sign. Where should I go? And that sign was his mentor saying, oh, another Samoan going to USC, or you can be one of one at Notre Dame. And his mentor said that, and Manti Teo said, that's the sign from God. That's why I'm going to Notre Dame. Like That gives you the level of religious fanaticism this man was raised in. Okay, It was football and God, football and God, football and God. That was basically his life. Mm. So he came from, and I went to school with a lot of these same types of people because I went to a religious-based school, Valparaiso Lutheran-based. I know some of these people. They're not bad people, but they tend to be maybe a little bit more trusting than they should, and they don't really truly know ways of the world. I didn't go to college knowing the ways of the world, but I went with a real sense of how people can be. And so maybe to him it's normal to constantly be rebuffed when you're trying to uh, go visit a person you're dating, a person you're in love with, and they say, oh, no, I'm busy. Oh, no, I can't do that. My FaceTime does not work. Oh, my FaceTime doesn't work. My power went out. I, I can't do any of that stuff. And then... You trust when you get a call that your girlfriend's been hit by a drunk driver, Mm. is in the hospital, and while she's recovering, all of a sudden, oh, and I also have leukemia. Come on, man. Like, at that point. Come on, man. At that point, when you, this this girl that you're dating, that you've never met, is is recovering from being hit by a drunk driver, and then, like, two weeks later, she hasn't left the hospital yet, and it's... Oh, and leukemia. Oh, my God. Don't you start to think that maybe just maybe, because that's exactly what happened. That's what Manti Teo was told. And the way he tells it, he's like, I couldn't believe the misfortune that was befalling this woman, and I needed to be there for her. And it made our love and made my passion for her that much stronger. Bro, what is going through your brain, man? He, He said for two weeks when he would call her in the hospital, he would hear... Yeah. So he yeah. was. Come on, man. Yes. So Renaya. Renaya's you know, breathing into the phone, pretending like, he, like on he's a, on a ventilator. I am sick. Listen. I am sick. So and he's like, oh, oh god. Like Manti Teo, this is getting him. That is how naive this man uh, was. Can you ask? You know what your biggest takeaway was? I've been I've been on Ken Levick Live for 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 a few months now, and there's always one take that I'm most passionate about. I'll never hesitate to spew it out there. I have a really good outlook on it really observatory when it comes to this kind of stuff. We give college football players too much credit. The IQ, the educational level, it's not there for 80% of them. Manti <laughs> Teo has to be the biggest example of this. Jerry, Judy, all I mean, the list is hundreds of thousands. Like, so when people ma- say, like, oh, uh, th- this this is a kid that made a mistake, you know, say they, they do something wrong, a college football player, and then the, the crowd that says, oh, but they're adults, they're 18 years old, you got to know better. For you, you've lived it, you've been in those locker rooms, you're saying, actually, not quite. These still are kid mentalities in that locker room. The fifth-year senior center who is an engineer major, that's the only adult in the locker room. (laughs) And I'm dead serious. There is not an adult in any of these locker rooms. Go to Auburn. Go to Harvard. Like, whatever. These kids are kids. These kids are children. Manti Teo was just focused on going to the NFL. When he woke up, he thought about showing up to the facilities at 1 p.m. and filling the gap if the guards stepped down. Like, that's where our heads are at as college athletes, no matter what sports you play. So when I'm watching this with Manti, 
my, the, my I, I just like get fiery inside because I'm like, God, we treated this guy. You know, he, he follows his religion and everything, but he's a dumbass. These kids are dumbasses. <laughs> left, left. No matter what position you in play. The most, in the most, yeah. uh, <laughs> in the most positive sense, Manti Teo was a dumbass. Yes. I think so much. Oh my goodness. So much can be solved, and so much. We, you know, there's we can save so much time if we stop giving some of these kids credit. And I was one of those kids. I can tell you right now. Now I happen to be a radio, television, digital media major, so my you know my education was more practical, right? I was more hands on. I was able to do. But eighty percent of the kids on the Alabama football team are business and finance majors, right? Mm-hmm. The other ones are are you know. Sports education and PE teachers. Like, those are the two that you fall into. And I'm dead serious. Go to any school. Those are the high percent. 70%. You go to football locker room, 70% are either business majors or, you know, sports education or, you know, sports management. And that's really all it is. So, like, this man type, that's my takeaway. I'm like, man, oh, man. I just want to make sure everybody knows, uh, if, if you are a PE teacher, I have great respect for, uh, for your abilities as a teacher. Yes. Okay? My pops is Stone, a PE teacher. I think Stone probably diminishing you PE teachers out there, but those are not my words. PE <laughs> teachers, you are outstanding, intelligent, and do a great service for our society. My dad is a PE teacher, and he'll tell you it's, it's easy to get into. So, I'm not <laughs> saying they don't do a great <laughs> job. I'm just saying you can study it in college while also being a bonehead, and my pops uh, would probably attest to that. But he's a great PE teacher out there in Houston. Can I say what my biggest takeaway yeah, was? Yeah, and let's let's go ahead. With with the story being revisited, what is your biggest takeaway from the Manti Teo saga? You don't even have to have seen the documentary. We're looking back on it, though. But what is your biggest takeaway from the Manti Teo saga? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. I think for me... He's my biggest takeaway is just how blissfully naive this man was. For Stone, his biggest takeaway is <laughs> Manti Teo was like many other college football players, just total kid IQ in a huge spot. And uh, I mean, he was dumb. It was dumb that he just blew through all these red flags. Yeah. Uh, Theo, what, what's your takeaway from Manti Teo? So, so did you guys watch? The documentary alone or with your significant other? With my significant other. Just alone. Alone? Okay. So I watched it with my fiance. And the whole time through, I had to keep on readjusting her expectations for not only how good Manti Teo was, but how much of a chance Notre Dame actually had against Alabama. Because my fiance is thinking Manti Teo, the way that they shaped this documentary up to be, like he's like the Michael Jordan of college football. Oh my yeah. And that his team was going to win the national championship, but because of this scandal, his mind was messed up, and then Notre Dame got the doors right. blown off. No, 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 no. Yeah. So my biggest takeaway was like, dude, yeah, cool. The story was a big deal, all yeah. of that. Why are you guys building this up to be something it they wasn't? They framed it like Manti Teo <laughs> If he had a good game against Alabama, Notre Dame would have won. Yeah. They framed it like Manti Teo was so distracted <laughs> by by what had taken place by cuz that was right the national championship game was right after uh he he had lost the Heisman he, and he found out that he, yeah, he lost the Heisman. His girlfriend and, was and alive then, again. Right, right. So this isn't. <laughs> so the first, the first time you, that Manti Teo <laughs> kind of figured maybe he was being catfished is that <laughs> Renaya Tuiasosopo, who had killed off. He, 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 <laughs> this was up, this bro. was the quote unquote girlfriend of mine, Manti Teo, had died back in September, uh. but then called him out of the blue. It's and, me. And said it's that, me. That, yeah, she had to go into hiding, but. He's back, but now she's back. 
and she's actually alive. That was the first <sighs> time that he was like, wait a minute, something might be going wrong here. Not the uh, drunk driver rehabbing in the hospital. And oh no, I've got leukemia now. Not that. Not that. Not the fact. <laughs> right. Not the the two weeks of phone calls where someone's simply just breathing into the phone to make it sound like the girl is on a, on a ventilator. Uh-oh. No, the first time he's like, uh-oh, we might have a problem here is when, hey, I'm back from the dead. He was right. like, hold on a second. That's yeah. where you, There's only one Jesus. Right, right, right. He said, that, that, that's where I draw the line. Now, now, my problem with all of this and, was— And that's what caused him to play so poorly that Notre Dame lost to Alabama yeah, in the his, national they, championship They interviewed game. his mom and dad, and his dad's, like, you know, watching on the oh, TV. Oh, his dad was he, crushing him. He, he, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't himself. He wasn't himself. He was he missing reads, he wasn't playing missing well. tackles. He yeah. wasn't playing well. Yeah, and his he, dad straight up said he brought disgrace to our family when discussing the scandal. Bro, yeah. come on, man. I mean, he was. I would be disappointed as a father as well. I get where he's coming from. But like, from. come on, like I mean, he, he kind of was... did. He kind of did because also you got to remember his dad was like, "Yo," when he first brought this girlfriend up to him, he was like, "Have you met him?" And the man lied to him according yeah. to the documentary and said, "Yeah, yeah I've met her," mm-hmm. which is a legit question. But again. The part that sold it over all the way to me that I found so hilarious was they kept showing Manti Teo missing a couple tackles in the national championship game as if, like, that was the breaking point. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I was like, right. you're showing this first quarter missed tackle in the backfield by Manti Teo against, uh, again, also a, a running back that ended up going in the NFL and yeah. being good. Yeah. Like, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, he and missed they- the tackle on the first touchdown of the game. Yeah. And then 42 to 14 <laughs> later, Manti Teo's bad game was the reason that Notre yeah. Dame lost to Alabama. It was ridiculous. What's your biggest takeaway from the Manti Teo saga? Even if you haven't seen the documentary, what's your biggest takeaway from the Manti Teo saga? This man was woefully naive in my mind. Stone says he just had a kid IQ. He's like almost every other college football player comes to school and is just sort of dumb and got taken advantage of. And Theo's biggest takeaway is, uh, yeah, Manti Teo probably didn't play well in the national title game, but there's no way Notre Dame was beating Alabama. (laughs) 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV. 106.3. And I, I don't want it to come off that we're, we've done enough making fun of Manti Teo for a lifetime yeah. over the years here at ESPN West Palm. But again, how do none of the, the, the people around him, that's another takeaway for me. The people around yeah. him were such enablers at some point. Wouldn't you expect someone to step? Cause all of his, all of his boys, all the people around, oh, he had football to focus on. He was just focused on football. At some point, someone had to step in oh, and say, man. brother, this seems off. So, so not necessarily the case because his friend, his roommate, you know, there's a lot of long distance relationships going on, you know, in a college football locker room or for any college athlete. So he said when Manti would be on the phone with her, that's kind of how they all did it. And I can definitely tell you that's the truth. Like your girl, somebody, you're driving somebody home from practice, their girlfriend's on speaker. Like you're just, that's fine. But what about the multiple times he's tried to go out to California to see this girl and the constant, oh, no, not going to, oh, my FaceTime doesn't work. Oh, I can't Zero do it. FaceTime. Right. That's it right there. Yeah, the I mean, zero that, FaceTimes. That exactly. No pictures. Right zero FaceTimes. No new that's pictures. the one. Right. No new pictures until she came back from the dead. Right. No, I think she was, <laughs> that was it. No new pictures until she came back from the dead. Uh-huh. She Lazarus to that. Come yeah. on. Like, what are we doing? Ugh. Like, the no FaceTimes, you're right, Theo. That's like, At some point, one of his boys has Come to on, be man. like, dude. This seems awful. Also, man. buy her a new phone if her camera keeps being broken. Like, I mean, there's so many other ways to Something. circumvent. I feel that's why, again, and I feel bad too. I want to insert this. 
I still have a little bit of a hunch that Manti Teo was kind of somewhat new. Something was up beforehand. I don't want to say he was all the way in on it, but even after watching that documentary and watching him also do those slow motion reenactments, did you did you see that? Like they were actually using Manti Teo in the reenactment scenes. Yeah, when it, that was kind of odd, but something deep inside of me just still after watching him. But I don't tell think he was back, in on it. I don't think he in was on in it, on it. But he kind of knew. But I I wonder if he was. But he liked the thought of having someone to care for, and so. All of those things, I think it's pretty clear he pushed the red flags to the side because he, because he's so sheltered and so unaware of the ways of people, yeah. he wanted to fix somebody. He, he wanted knew. to help somebody. And then he was too far in it. When it goes national, oh, when it, it goes national, it that the, the girlfriend and the, no, well, the girlfriend and the grandma dying on the same day, right before yeah. the Michigan State game, when that becomes a storyline... Like, there's no turning back from that, right? And that's what I mean. I think during the season, that season he had to have known, but he was in too you deep. You can't, you can't. Yeah, exactly. He was in too deep, so that, he had to go with it. That was, I mean, uh, Thomas, uh, I'm not, uh, Timothy Burke, who who helped write the story for Deadspin, he said it at the beginning of the second episode. Yeah. That story is what may have propelled. That story coupled with the Notre Dame brand, this Holy story that could only come from Notre Dame. Mm. Um, a man using inspiration from great loss. That probably is the reason he was even at the Heisman ceremony. Easily, yes. Oh, is he a good yes. player? Sure. I was mean, he Heisman caliber? Probably no. not. That that really makes me uncomfortable to think about. One, because he took somebody's spot who actually deserved it. And two, that his life just went on that path. Like He considered himself a Heisman candidate. And well, realistically, I, I he's know, the captain of Notre Dame who has had a massive resurgence. America's going to rally behind. I know, person. but at the same time, we just made the argument that he might not be there if this wasn't the case. If he didn't have the massive what loss about, of his what grandmother, about grandma and too. What about grandma? They didn't like. That's why he brought disgrace to the family because I think he 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 you know he's completely shrouded the death of of yeah. grandma. This like really overshadowed her death, like. Yeah. This whole Theo, you thing. talked about the face, no FaceTimes was yours. Mine was the 150 friends on Facebook oh, that I didn't even the think catfish that. did have. At one point, they showed it during the episode, and when they had started talking, she had less than 100 friends. Wow. And then got up to 150 that. friends. So you got a guy who has, you know, at this point, hundreds of thousands of followers. I'd assume Anti Tao. He's in every single headline, he's on ESPN every single other day. And you're talking to a girl with 100. You know, yeah. friends on Facebook. Now, I don't. I'm not necessarily Huge going to say flag. that. You know, you need followers. You know, to talk to somebody. But I'm just saying, like, no, it's, Facebook it's, is different though. There are levels to this. Facebook is different than like an Instagram, where it's like Facebook friends. A hundred or 150 is an obvious scam account. Right. That's an obvious <laughs> yeah. scam account. Yeah. Or, right. Or or if every post is selling sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. That too. Seventy-five percent off. I love, I love when I get friend requests from a random like Asian woman who has a lot of cleavage, yeah. and then I go on her Facebook profile and it's all seventy-five percent off sunglass yeah. ads. Every single post. Buy two get one free. <laughs> oh man, Facebook is a pile of crap. Um, what meta. is your big? I'm sorry, Meta. Yes. <laughs> what is your biggest takeaway from the Manti Teo saga? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Seven six zero three seven seven six. Let's quickly get to a break. We'll take your calls on this um, because the Manti Teo. Now that we sit nine years later, almost a full decade later from everything going down, I I cannot believe, and I feel badly for Manti Teo, and he was victimized. Uh, the 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 catfisher tries to portray herself as a victim. Uh uh-uh, uh, not by no it. way. Screw yeah. that. That person 
largely responsible for ruining Manti Teo's reputation, but also Manti Teo, boy, is that human being naive. Mm. My goodness. What is your biggest takeaway from the Manti Teo saga? 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 1063. Yeah, yeah. Can we do it? From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Manti Teo. I got to say, I have not been more entertained, nor have I cringed more at a documentary in recent years than the Netflix Manti Teo Untold documentary. It was sick. It is it is. It clears up a lot because I don't think we had ever heard the depths of the dynamic, and and just how elaborate this one person, Renaya Tuiasasopo, who is now Naya, she has transitioned, and I realize I've been all over the place. I think with with pronouns, I'm trying to use the pronoun for 2013 and the right. correct pronoun for now. I, I apologize if uh, I, I have confused any or if I have disrespected any in that process, but. Renaya Tuiasasopo, the catfisher of Manti Teo, used different voices for five different people. Five different people. Incredible. And they sounded great. The female voice? Oh, absolutely. That sounded like a woman. I mean, she was like, she is the catfishing equivalent of Frank Caliendo. Yeah. Like, I mean, she was, she is incredible. Misused. And and you know, my fiance was like, yo, like, she she could have been a voiceover actor. She yeah. could have, she could have worked for Disney. Absolutely. One 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 of them was a few of them were seductive. Like they were, you know, <laughs> I miss you, babe. I know that's why Manti Teo like, kept sticking around because mm-hmm. it's like two a.m. You're tired from football <laughs> and you got this this sweet voice in your ear. It makes you feel something. Yeah, instead of a Snapchat of uh, your your girl your <laughs> your girl's cleavage or or anything anything <laughs> nice. About you, to say. you get you get a voicemail. For eight yeah. months in a row. Yeah, Stone, Stone, <laughs> Stone was about right. to go right. way left. But, 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 to me, but to me, that would that would expedite the process. If I keep hearing this sweet voice, <laughs> all right, saying, I miss you, I love you, then I'm like, <laughs> that hey, ain't no can girl. We, can we you got to do better than that. I know, okay? I know, I know, I know, I'm, not, I'm not like Renaya. <laughs> I was not as I good as Renaya. I love you. That would really, <laughs> the urgency to at least get one cleavage picture. For sure. One cleavage something. picture, something. But you got to hold Just them to off. satisfy a need like that. I mean, how Manti Teo didn't just absolutely, his head didn't pop. I don't know. Like, that man has self-control. I'm telling you, man. she had a, or at that point, he, he had a hot voice. He, I don't know how he constructed that, how much he at the time practiced it, but, <laughs> but definitely man, sounded like a woman. It was hot. It was hot. What was your biggest takeaway from the Manti Teo saga? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Now, I've... I've thankfully never been in this situation, but again, <clears throat> I don't think it's standard hospital procedure if you have a loved one on a ventilator to have the nurse hold the phone up to the ventilator so you can talk to the person oh, on the man. ventilator. Why would Manti believe? That's what I'm saying. There's too many things <laughs> Manti that Manti said that's what was happening, is that he was, so he was talking with Renaya Tuiasasopo, who is acting as not only the, the brother of this girlfriend that wasn't, but also the nurse. So every day for two weeks, 
He would call because the nurse kept saying, oh, your voice is improving her vitals uh, while she's on the ventilator. So he kept calling. I don't think it's standard procedure for a nurse to hold a phone up to someone who's on a ventilator so you can talk to them and you can hear their breath. Renaya Tuyasasoba was breathing into the phone to make Mm. it sound like, she was on a ventilator. How much? I wonder if Renaya had a job at the time too. Because, like, what? How do you find time to do all of this? It was consuming her life. That's a lot of work on call to or, be doing this. I'm, consuming his <laughs> life, as that, she explained. I, I'm like, I'm doing, this is not me is, being yeah, a, a not an easy. I'm trying to legitimately get everything. Yeah, it is right. tough. I'm curious to know if. He, at the time, was pulling off the old phone rustling as you pass it to the nurse. The old, I'm sure. And then, Probably. And then, and then, sure. Next, and, then, and then third voice, you know, you got to go to the next voice. Again, I, the, like, lengths, elaborate. the lengths that this person went to to fool Manti Teo is a tragedy. It is terrible. And it sucks, and I feel badly for Manti Teo. But again, and maybe, maybe we're being mean-spirited with this, but I cannot believe... That Manti Teo, and maybe there's some truth to what you say, Theo, that once this went national, and he used it as a talking point, uh, to and I think it was good-natured, like, I want to inspire others. I overcame the yeah. death of my grandmother and my beloved girlfriend on the same day. Once he got into that spot, and it was an NBC game against Michigan State, like, there was no turning back from that. Hopefully. But maybe some part of his conscience, he's like, this is weird. Like, something feels off, but he was in it by that point. He was yeah. in it, but he never said that. He never said that in the documentary. But he also said at one point, remember, he said at one point that he had kind of like cut it off or they weren't talking as much for a while. So, like, again, what happened there to where he felt like, again, it was was that voice. He was privy to the red flag, was It was the stardom. Like, you know, he was so engulfed in everybody at the school. He was so busy doing all these interviews and and stuff. That's when Renaya faked the death at that time to get his attention back. Yeah. yeah. After the so, but yeah. my thing is, I think again, he he had to kind of be privy to it, man. Like he had to kind of know something for him to also kind of cut it off and then get sucked back into it and then announce that, like. And there, there's no way he wasn't privy to it. Had, it's impossible. Come, on. come but, on, like, what do you want me to believe? I don't know though. That voice was so hot. Yeah, yeah. woo-wee is all I needed. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are sick. What's your biggest takeaway <laughs> from the Manti Teo saga? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Your biggest takeaway from the Manti Teo saga. Ernesto in Boynton Beach. What's up, Ernesto? Oh, my God. You just rehashing this is just the same reason I said it before, and I saved the 10, was it 10, it's been 10 years? Yeah. He's an idiot. I'm sorry. It was too naive is one thing, and the father. Listen, dude, that's your dumbass. That's your son. That was your fault, and I put it not 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 teaching him. That's actually you're the disgrace because you're Ooh. that's your son. You allowed that. You allowed your son to get caught up there and and, and put in that predicament. That's your fault, yeah. buddy. That's yeah, not that, his fault. I will, that is your you know fault. What, you did a, not teach your son the right way. You know what? That's a good call because yeah. I'm I'm all for a structured home life and religion and uh, and, and, and and this guy did not know this 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 guy did not know the difference of a yeah. couple two girlfriend dude. Yeah. Come on. You gotta live Yo, in reality. Listen, listen, listen. I, I'm, 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 you gotta live in reality. Listen. I want to say it real quick. I was I was I was young. I was in college, and I went from I, I transferred from one school to the other. Did you know I was with a girl? I mean, when I was transferring, I told her we had to break up because I wasn't into a long, a long. I didn't believe in long distance relationship. Okay, I know it's kind of cruel, but 
I, I was in reality. I, I didn't want to want this relationship. I didn't want to put myself into that situation or her in that situation. I didn't want to believe in that situation. And, you know, and then this guy to, oh, my God, to be resurrected and still believe. Listen, uh, this, this is, Yuri Hashin just knows for a fact that he did know. And you, you guys are saying it. He did know. At, the, at, at a certain point, he got so yeah. in-depth that by the end of the Michigan game, oh, he did know. He did know. The thing is, he was so in, he had to double down. Yeah. And when the story got out, because you, you got to go back, there was a point that he was, it was almost, it was the point that he was not national. But when it went national, it was too far in depth, and he had to double down. Yep. And when he doubled down, oh, he couldn't get out of it. And then when the story came out that it was catfished, man, listen, you could see it in his face. Uh, Josh said that about body language. The, the, the first interview when he got caught, you can tell that he kind of knew embarrassment at the same time he was holding something like he also knew that he also knew at the end come on man you can't be that stupid i just they just can't be ernesto appreciate the call now one thing off of this alex flanagan who was with nbc at the time sideline reporter for notre dame football the gall of her the gall of her to sit there in this documentary and to say oh it made you wonder you hear all this stuff what kind of person was Manti Teo? Was he in on it? She's the one who broke the story of the girlfriend dying on the sideline against Michigan State. She took it at face value. She broadcast it to the world. She's a sideline reporter. There's a key word in that title. Reporter. Yeah. Do some damn reporting, Alex. Well, here's the thing, though, Ken. If a football player tells you his grandmother and his girlfriend died, I thought about this too because my fiance was asking me, like, how much in depth do you guys go? If a if a guy tells you his grandmother and girlfriend died, you're not asking for no, death but, certificates. But, but you are, though. You've got to get a hold of family. You've got to talk to family. And You've got to try and get someone from the university to, to try and back up. But you can't go on NB freaking C on a Saturday night primetime and just because a teammate presumably told you that Manti Teo's girlfriend died. I'd be looking for social media posts. I talked to an SID, man. You talked to an SID. Alex Flanagan, what what I think happened, took it at face value from a player and said, this would be a great story. Mm. This is Notre Dame. This would be great for for Notre Dame and business with NBC. Do some damn reporting. She started it now. She's going to sit here and question Manti Teo and any motives he might have had. Yeah. The goal of that woman to be included in this documentary and to say things like that, you're one of the biggest reasons that this whole predicament started. You and then the rest of your brotherhood and sisterhood in media. ESPN just taking these at face value in segments and discussions and this mythical tale. That's shameful. And then for them to pile on Manti Teo afterwards when they did absolute bare nothing, failed at their jobs... To then pile on Manti Teo, bleep off. The entire industry, bleep off. It It, it is, I feel like at a certain point, it, it sucks that it took Deadspin to figure it out, And but it makes sense that they were the well, ones was, to actually do the reporting. There was that, no, I mean, there was that anonymous tip. Yeah, but, and then, well, I'm saying, like, they're the ones that would yeah. actually follow up on. I'm sure that there, there were tips thrown to other people as well that it might be fake, and I'm sure... There just wasn't enough reporting way, on it. I mean, there were so many outlets. It is rich that there is one particular outlet that they show multiple times bagging on Manti Teo. One particular outlet that has made a living over the last three years 
off of trying to sell the American public that a presidential election was stolen. It's rich. Oh, I it's did see that rich a lot. Yeah. that that network with those personalities are going to make fun of a hoax with Manti Teo when they've been perpetuating some of the biggest names on that network for three <laughs> years. A hoax that's even greater than the one that Manti Teo was a part of. Jackasses. Leo's in Riviera Beach. What's up, Leo? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I just I as a dad, as a father now, and being let's see, two thousand twelve, I was uh twenty four or something like that. I just think twenty four, twenty five. You're welcome. I just think that, yo, if it seems too good to be true. If something seems too good to be true, or in Manti's tale taste, seems too crazy to be true, ninety nine point nine percent, it probably is. Yeah. yeah. Back when first, back back when 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 Tinder first came out, and MTV had the catfish show and everything like that, and then the guy got stabbed after being catfished. My blind, my radar was all the way up. Like, bro, like you don't see any of this stuff happening. And then I get on Tinder, a girl shows me this uh, blurry pictures. And and it's like blurry, and she looks good, but they look kind of old, and the pictures are kind of blurry, and it's only her face. Well, guess what? When I met her, she she looked the same, but that was, those pictures were like ten years ago, and she had gained a lot of weight. And I'm not saying there's no shaming on here. You do what you do, but don't. You have to be the lowest of low to try and catfish somebody. And for all the sons out there, and all the men out there, yo. Yo, if it seems too good to be true, it most likely is. Yeah. And get a pick from that girl, man. If, <laughs> if you're sending her pick, she's not sending you nothing back. You got to look at the evenness of the text. If she's sending you one little word answers and you and you sending up paragraphs, yeah. the, the dynamics off, yo. You got to you got to have it be the 50-50 dynamic where if you send a pick, I get a pick. You, you don't see any picks. You 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 were a captain of the football team at Notre Dame, and yeah. you weren't trying to go out to Notre Dame, Indiana, and trying to see all the chicks in Notre Dame, Indiana. You were sticking to a girl uh, from California. I mean, Leo, you never saw a picture. You sound like a person who's never been to South Bend. South Bend is yeah. uh, trust me. There's a reason that uh, Manti was uh, Manti was good with uh, with the long distance relationship. By the way. Uh, I, I want to make sure that all of the plus-size women who listen to us, we love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Nothing but love. Bring it in. Okay? We love curves. We're a pro-curves show. We're all about thick yes. here on Ken Levick Alive. Tony in West Palm. What's up, Tony? Yeah, what's going on, yeah? <laughs> hey, man, I didn't watch the documentary, but I remember the situation a little bit. You know what I mean? And... I'm an older head, all right? So I'm an older head. So back in, like, Uh-oh. 2006, I met a short. No, nah, I met a shorty back in 2006. Okay. And we did it on, we, we met up on the internet and all that. And even I knew that, yo, without no webcam moments, without no, you know, pictures being mm-hmm. sent back and forth, without some, you know, in-depth conversations and all that, yo, there is no moving forward, yep. all right? So yep. I agree with y'all. Manta Teo. With everything that, that's been, like, how the world moves nowadays and how people want, you know, uh, publicity or whatnot, yo, he probably talked to this person was, like, learned about this person. This pro- person probably was like, look, I could do all these voices. Let's put on this, this elaborate, you know, situation. And he thought it was going to go one way, and it went all the way yeah. left, yo. Yeah. And and that's what that's what seems happened. But, LeVica, if I could say one thing. Hey, yo, it's Notre Dame, all right? Man, I tell you, 
that brother is lucky that it wasn't one of these priests up in that piece that was like mm. on the down wow. like hitting them. <laughs> I, I, see, well, mm. hey, yo, Tony, appreciate hey, yo, you. Lo- hey, yo, oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. One love to all the big, uh, all, all my all my plus size women, all the big girls out there. One love, yo. This Dominican brother Tony got nothing but love. For y'all. Ow, ow. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's go, Tony. Yes, sir. Let's go, Tony. Uh, so break. We're gonna break. Stone is is desperately telling me to break. We're gonna break. That's Theo. I'm Ken. We're live on ESPN 106.3. Theo Dorsey, Sunday PBKC. We got some stuff going on. Of course, as we always do, the sports card memorabilia show, South Florida's premier one, gonna be at the PBKC on the second floor. As always, 9 to 4 and ESPN 106.3 will be broadcasting from 10 to 11. Pull up, buy, sell, trade. It's the best day of the month every month. Love it. Excellent. Thank you so much. Theo, uh, Stone made a good point. Like, we started our Manti Teo conversation with, we said deplorable things about him on this, <laughs> uh, on this these airwaves, feel badly for it, and then largely proceeded to make fun of Manti Teo for the next <laughs> 35 minutes. It's hard to talk about it and not. It's oh, kind of tough. It's kind of tough. Oh, man, what a show. We are we are doing great things for humanity. That's Theo. He's Stone. I'm Ken. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye-bye.